It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The New Orleans Pelicans acquired C.J. McCollum. We have even more odds you can take advantage of for the Super Bowl. And why even run the ball anymore? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The New Orleans Pelicans make a monster move ahead of Thursday's NBA trade deadline. They get Portland Trailblazers guard CJ McCollum in a trade centered around Josh Hart and pieces. Joining me now from Locked on Pelicans, Jake Madison and Jake. What is the idea behind making a big move like this for a team in New Orleans that we don't know what the future of Zion Williamson is this season? You know, this is a move that works for them on multiple levels. It's something that helps them this season. This is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, 26 in terms of three-point percentage. We've seen their offense really fall apart when Brandon Ingram isn't out there on the court. So adding a guy like C.J. McCollum, who averages over 20 points per game, really kind of stabilizes you there. And they're in contention for the play-in tournament, so they're sniffing the postseason. And I think they look at this move as something that solidifies them in that place in the Western Conference. But they're also looking ahead. They're looking towards next season when presumably Zion Williamson is healthy and this is an elite shooter and you want more shooting around very good big men. The Pelicans have had trouble trying to find the right mix of shooting around Zion Williamson. He draws so much attention down low. You need shooters to knock down shots on kickout passes. They haven't had a guy that's really capable of doing that, but CJ McCollum being a 40% three-point shooter for his career, he's going to be able to bring that to the team. So they look at this as helping them now and next season as well. How much of this do you think is related to the front office, the the supposed mandate to win games and and what has gone on there the last couple of seasons, including the handling of this Zion injury? Yeah, you know, I think this is something that, as I mentioned, it works this season and next season. But I think they're also hoping that this maybe eases some of the tension between Zion and the franchise and the front office. If you get into the play-in tournament, you've made a big move for an established name like CJ McCollum. You go, look, Zion, we're good without you. Imagine what we would be if you come back and play for this team and things are better now. And he wants to start establishing his legacy. Zion wants to win. That's how you do that. So I think he looks at this team and goes, oh, Maybe it isn't as dysfunctional as it appeared to be at one point in time. They're winning now, and maybe it just brings him back into the fold a little bit more. And that's kind of the third level, I think, to really try and make this move and push some of those chips that they've gotten you know, from the Anthony Davis trade, the Drew Holiday trade, to go out and get a big name like C.J. McCollum. How much do you think, too, does this have to do with the last six or so weeks? They've been playing something like 500 basketball. They've, they've looked a little bit better. How much do you think that plays a role? 
Yeah, you know, if they were bottom of the Western Conference, I don't think they would have been buyers. But the fact that as of when we're recording this, they're at 10th in the West, they're in the play-in tournament, uh, you know, they're sniffing the postseason. I think they're going to feel that they're a team on the rise. And at the end of this year, though maybe they're in 10th, I think they're going to feel favored almost, at least internally, to get out of the play-in tournament, to get the eighth seed, and to truly get into the playoffs. So the fact that Brandon Ingram is playing at an all-star level, even if he's not in the game, the fact that you've got a guy like Jonas Valanciunas who's been playing exceptional for him. Herb Jones was a steal in the second round. The fact that those guys have come along, I think, empowered them a little bit to go out and make a move and be a buyer rather than a seller at the trade deadline. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. There's plenty of opportunities to make some money off the Super Bowl. We delve into those coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Indiana Pacers continue their rebuild by trading Domas Bonus to Sacramento. In a stunning move a franchise changing move the indiana pacers are dealing per adrian wojnarowski of espn demontis sabonis jeremy lamb and justin holiday all to the sacramento kings in exchange they will get young stud tyrese halliburton buddy healed and tristan thompson the highlights of this trade though are sabonis and halliburton and this is a shocking rebuild move for the Pacers, who give up their two-time All-Star, who's only 25 years old, in Sabonis. But the Pacers are rebuilding. They wanted to, to pivot to the next great Pacer team, and Sabonis has been on the Pacers for a while, been starting for a while. It has not led to the level of success the franchise has wanted, and they're they're pivoting at, at several positions. They gave away Karis LeVert to the Cavs in a trade that got them draft picks this weekend. Now they do something similar with Sabonis, trading him away for young pieces. This is all about Halliburton. The Pacers get one of the best young offensive players in the league at just 21 years old. Halliburton is unbelievable. He's one of the best scorers and passers of his age in the NBA. He can immediately turn the Pacers franchise from what they are to a young and growing team. He pairs very well with the Pacers' young pieces already in line. He's very good now, and he can be very good in the future. The Pacers have the pieces to build with him in mind, with the picks they got from the Levert trade and already established young guys like Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson. Pacers clearly changing directions. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer will not be criminally charged by Los Angeles prosecutors, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office said on Tuesday. The ruling concludes a five-month review of the case, which stems from a sexual assault allegation made against Bauer by a San Diego woman who sought a restraining order against him in June. After a thorough review of all the available evidence, including the civil restraining order proceedings, witness statements, and the physical evidence, the people are unable to prove the relevant charges beyond a reasonable doubt. Bauer could still face suspension from Major League Baseball under the domestic violence policy. Number one, Auburn lost their second game of the year, this one, to the Arkansas Razorbacks. All good things must come to an end. I'm Zach Blackerby with Locked On. Auburn, the Tigers win streak 
is over. The number one ranked Auburn basketball team falls on the road to the Arkansas Razorbacks. A Razorbacks team, you can tell they really wanted this one. And so did their fans. Bud Walton Arena was feisty, energetic, and electric. And Auburn had a hard time consistently answering the call. The game, of course, went to overtime as the Tigers dropped it. 80-76. to 76. Walker Kessler fouling out with about a minute and a half left. And once that happened, that was all she wrote. Guard play was inconsistent with Auburn missing their starting point guard for the second game in a row, Zepp Jasper. He is, however, expected to return on Saturday when Auburn starts their homestand against Texas A&M. The Tigers' future this season looks bright, but as far as holding on to that number one seed, I think that belongs to Gonzaga the rest of the way. And the Celtics blew out the Nets on Tuesday night. Hey there, John Corrales here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast after the Boston Celtics blow out the Brooklyn Nets. 126-91, to 91, they came out with a relentless attack on a 28-2 run to start the game. And really, Brooklyn never quite recovered all the way. They made a run later in that first quarter. They made another run in the second quarter. But then the Celtics laid the hammer down, and it was just cruising from there. Uh, The Celtics got 22 apiece from Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, who uh, Marcus Smart was shooting great, 6 of 13 from three. We haven't seen Marcus Smart shooting that, that many threes for a while. He's been focusing so much on his passing. But in this game, he just had it working from beyond the arc, hitting half of his three-pointers. Jason Tatum, 19 points. Uh, Jalen Brown had nine assists, but both Tatum and Brown really turned this game around uh, with their passing, and I think Tatum won't get the credit for as many assists, but he was passing incredibly well out of double teams. Uh, A big storyline there for the Celtics. They moved the ball well, they defended great, and aside from those lapses where they kind of relaxed and Brooklyn took advantage, When the Celtics had it going, especially with their starters, they were dominant. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your football action this season. How about some Wednesday hockey lines? The Detroit Red Wings travel to the Philadelphia Flyers. Bet Online likes the Red Wings slightly, putting them as the money line favorite at minus 109. The longest odds of the night belong to the Chicago Blackhawks, who are on the road against the Edmonton Oilers. Bet online has the Blackhawks money line at plus 162. And the Vancouver Canucks are slight underdogs at home against the New York Islanders. Bet online has the Canucks plus 102 to win. For all your sports news and scores, Bet online has you covered. Bet online, where's the game starts? Here is another story you need to know. Dave Mason joining me from Bet online. Dave, uh, this is uh, the, the kind of thing, you know, the Super Bowl is the biggest game in. Uh, the NFL, and it's what everyone is playing for. It's also the Super Bowl of props, right? It is the biggest for these moments. As as you set about saying, okay, these are the things where I think there's there's value, or I think there's there's just going to be some some interest. What are what are the most bet on props uh, year in and year out? What are you seeing action on this year? The stuff that gets the most action is the player props for big players and over unders. Let's say a Joe Burrow and Stafford over under passing yards. Those will be big. Um, the big nut name guy, Jamar Chase, over under receiving yards, stuff like that. But then when you get into the more unique stuff, I mean, they all get action too. I, well, well, you know, MVP. MVP is always very popular. That's not really unique. Everybody has it, and it's, it's a year-in, year-out prop. 
always gets a ton of action. Um, Burroughs has the highest bet count as we speak. Jamar Chase is our biggest liability. Um, coin flip as something as silly, <laughs> you know, as the coin flip. It's just tradition. Everybody, you know, it doesn't take the most money, but it'll take the most bets. Everybody's putting five bucks on the coin toss. You know, if you're not, if you're not putting a couple bucks on a coin toss, you know, you need to check your pulse. You, you know, you, you, you got to put a few dollars on the coin toss. So coin toss gets a lot of action. Um, national anthem massive over the years, every year that's grown. And of course we know that the controversy last year with the national anthem, that only adds some fuel to the, uh, fuel to the action this year. And, you know, that that's always one of the more challenging ones because everybody loves to bet that over under, um, how, how long the national anthem will take for the singer to sing the national anthem. Everybody bets it. And that info gets leaked too. I mean, I don't know if you remember last year when those videos appeared of some guy outside the stadium with his phone <laughs> and it, it's almost like a Wednesday afternoon or something. And that went so viral and we got hit by all these bets. We're like, uh oh, what the heck happened? You lock it up, and uh, and then oh, sure, sure enough, uh, some somebody was out there and and uh, videotaping or, or recording the, the national anthem pra- practice. So, it, but that's part of the game, you know. Yeah. That's part of the game, and it's Spygate, Spygate them for the national yeah, anthem. Exactly. <laughs> And, and, you know, I work on the marketing side of things, so I love the controversy. The guy, the odds guys might, it might drive them crazy, but I, I love it, man. You got to just stir up that controversy and it, it's a lot of fun and it's a story and, and you have fun with it, you know? I, I do know that is, that is part of the fun. You mentioned the, the coin toss bet. If you don't have five bucks on that, uh, why, why, I mean, come on, it's, it's the easiest yeah. thing and it's the most fun thing and you don't, it's over. It happens, yeah, you, you need, and it's yeah. you're not agonizing the whole game about it. Uh, you need let, to reevaluate your, your your whole <laughs> life if you don't have five bucks on the coin toss. What are you What are you doing on planet Earth? You know exactly. Uh, so I, I I was looking at these odds earlier, and and I was like, okay, you know, you want to you want to feel like you have some skin on the outcome of the game, but I'm I look at like the lines and say, okay, if I'm going to bet the money line or uh, the uh, the the point spread, why not? Why not look at an MVP, for example? You're going to get better odds with a Matthew Stafford or a Joe Burrow if you think they're going to win, and then the only way you lose is, is if those guys, if you, if you had the right side, but you, you pick the wrong MVP. Is there anything where you're like, okay, if you, if you like the Rams, let's say, uh, but you don't want to take the money line at minus odds, what else could people be looking at? Well, the, the most popular one is, is what you said is the MVP people you that, that have that outlook, you know, they'll, instead of paying the man, the Rams money line at minus 200 or whatever it is right now, they'll, they'll take Matthew Stafford at plus money with the theory. Well, if they win it, he's most likely going to win it. So right. that that's the most popular out of that without a doubt. Um, you know, the juice is the juice, you know, you, you, you anytime you see kind of little, some kind of, a little wrinkle like that that uh you, you think you got you got a little edge then uh it kind of you know the juice is a juice you know it's not like the betters are coming up with some kind of theory that the bookies don't know about you know right you start doing that and then all of a sudden Aaron Donald's getting gets the MVP and you lose it to a defensive guy and you're like oh man I should have just laid the money but you know well, I, I try listen, to you're, the, you're never gonna yeah. feel bad if you pick the best player in the NFL to win the MVP and he doesn't because you're just gonna be like well I bet on Aaron Donald like I'm not gonna feel bad about that all right exactly 
Coming up, with all these gaudy passing stats, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, the headliners of the Super Bowl, is it still okay to run the ball? We ask an NFL offensive lineman next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions. You might be like me, but I am trying to eat better. And Built Bar is making it easier to do. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. I tried them. They are spectacular. They have protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, what else do I need to even say? Fluffy, marshmallowy, and of course, covered in 100% chocolate. But they are healthy. They are low in calorie, low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They are the perfect food. Basically, I mean, let's just be honest. You want something that's healthy, that tastes delicious. That's it. That's what Built Bar is. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away, absolutely blown away by what you'll find in these bars considering the way that they taste. And right now, when you go to Built.com, when you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Rear Radio Row with former offensive lineman Ben Garland. Ben, this has been something that you, you always get a different answer from offensive linemen when you talk to them about it. I, I've had this conversation with uh, longtime Packer guard Mike Wall about these offenses now that just want to throw the ball. And you're, you're Buffalo and you want to throw it 50 times, 55 times. And offensive linemen will say, okay, great. I'm moving backward 55 times. I did not get into this game to play it this way. So all of that is to say uh, how much of it from, from your standpoint is, is mental. Like, all right, you need to, you need to sort of like get us, some, get us some work in here, get us a lather going. If you want us to pass protect, can we run gap a couple times? Can we run some power? Like, what is your, your stance on that? Run the ball. <laughs> run the ball. Establish the run. And I think when you do, I mean, a lot of coaches get it. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is my coach in Atlanta as offense coordinator and the head coach for the Niners. That guy's a genius. I think he understands football in a way that few do. And he said a lot of times his goal is to run it 30 times a game. That's his number. And I think when you run the ball and you establish that, it kind of changes the way the defense plays. But then you can play pass off of that, which looks exactly like the run, which changes the box. And then you can throw in the passes when you have to. But if I was a coach, I would never not run or play action pass. Everything's going to look like a run. And I think it really sets it up and really opens up defenses, whether they have to force too many in the box to try to stop your run or they have to just change the way they play, which I love to control the ball. I mean, you're talking run it down their throats, control the line of scrimmage, and I think that changes the games. And when teams do that, it is tough to play them. It, it is hard to argue as a Packers guy when I watch the 2019 NFC Championship game. One of my favorite games. Yeah, I, I can imagine it was. I mean, what is it What is it like when you're in there and you're just like, do, do you get to a point where you're like, we're just, these these guys, are they're done. They're just, you're like, they're, they've given up. Yeah, and you see him like even in that game, you saw them 
do stuff I'd never seen him do before, trying anything to try to stop us. And that's the best feeling in the world as an offensive lineman when they're doing everything they can and it doesn't matter. You're still imposing your will and imposing it on them. And especially in a game like that, you're talking the NFC Championship and running the amount of yards they did. I mean, Raheem Mostert alone had an unbelievable game, the amount of yards and touchdowns that guy got. And even a guy like that, it's fun to play with him because remember one of the touchdowns, he handed me the ball to spike it. And like, you're in the NFC Championship, your, your, your son's in the stands watching your father play. And he's like, hey man, here's the ball. Like you're a part of this. And it's cool to be a part of a team like that. And when you are dominating in that aspect of the game. What makes Kyle special as a coach, as a play caller? I, I love his Friday meetings. And his Friday means he elaborates on why he's playing what he, calling what he does and how it's going to affect teams. And he's, his accuracy is unbelievable. He'll show us a play and he'll be like, this play is not great. We're not going to get many yards in it. But 10 plays later, it's going to set up this, which is going to be an explosive play or pass that's going to be for 36 or 37 yards. And it makes you fight that much harder for the play he knows isn't great, we know isn't great, but what it's setting up later down the line is amazing. We actually have two coaches in, in this game who run a version of that Shanahan offense. Um, what, do you, what do you think it is about this offense that, that right now it is, it is just, it seems like it's unstoppable when it's run correctly? I, I think it's that aspect that we talked about earlier. I mean, you're talking about establishing a run and then everything kind of looking similar. So you run a run play and then a play pass that both look the exact same. It forces the defense to hesitate for a split second. And this is a game of inches and split seconds, especially at this level. And so if you're hesitating, that's a couple extra yards. Those couple extra yards every play add up real quick. And then you control the time, you control the clock, and then you control everything because you, they're playing at you versus you having to adapt to what they're doing. And finally, we have seen the future thanks to Madden 22 in the official simulation of Super Bowl 56. The Bengals knock off the L.A. Rams 24-21 at SoFi Stadium in L.A. And it's Burrow, the second-year quarterback out of LSU, who becomes the game's MVP. The Madden simulation has been right about half the time in recent years. Coming up Thursday, we get you set for all the chaos of the NBA trade deadline. So at least until tomorrow... Stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.